as we've been saying um, all this morning, we've been talking a lot about how heavy these past couple of years have been. And I, some of you in here today or watching online might be thinking, I, I don't know, it's not really been that bad for me. And if, if that's the case, I'm glad you're here because everybody else needs you. <laughs> everybody else needs somebody to lean on and, and be a, a shoulder of strength right now because there's a lot of people who feel burdened down. And, and like I mentioned earlier, in March 2020, it seemed like everything changed. And over these last two years, we've been on this roller coaster of life. And, you know, just when we think, it, it, you know, it's going to get better, something else crazy happens. Murder hornets. Y'all even remember them? I mean, that shows you how many chaotic things we've had. We don't even remember murder hornets, okay? So, but life has just been this roller coaster of up and down, and just when we thought things were going to get better, and like I said earlier, we thought, hey, a new year's coming, a new year, new me, and all the things we used to say all the time when a new year rolls around, and then we haven't been able to be in church for three weeks together. My family hasn't been for four weeks. Every Sunday in 2022, we have not been in church till today, and I am so glad to be here. Man, I'm glad to be here. We thought we knew isolation, but lately it's been different. It's been crazy. You know, between all this different stuff, we thought, here we go again, right? And as tough as life has been, God's people have always gone through struggles and trials, and many of them, we just don't even understand how big they were. Like, we would be glad to take what we've got compared to what God's people has been through in the past. You know, we're, we're blessed. And back in the history of God's people, the, two, the kingdom split into two, and Israel was overall pretty wicked and really quickly got away from God, and they had all wicked kings. And Judah the, was a little more faithful, but they're people like us, and they made a lot of mistakes. And so pretty soon Israel gets taken into captivity, and not too much later, Judah gets taken into captivity. And just like I wish that I could learn from other people's mistakes, they didn't learn from other people's mistakes. They watched it happen to Israel, and they was like, oh, let's do that too. That looks fun, you know? And so they get taken captive, and they get in this big mess. And there was a prophet by the name of Ezekiel. That God delivers a message to his people through. And it's a message that stands out in my mind. I'm telling you, I have preacher envy to be able to give this kind of illustration that God gave him. So he could share the message with the people of God. And the people found themselves because of their sin and because of rebellion, because of their captivity, because of their isolation, because of their lockdown. They felt like there was no hope. And maybe today you feel like. God's people felt back then that there's no hope. And then I believe God has this message for you and me too. In Ezekiel chapter 37, forgive me, I don't have it on the screen. I want you to listen. I want you to soak in this stuff. But in Ezekiel 37, beginning in verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. I mean, you imagine this sight. This is not, this is not animal bones. It, it is human bones just 
covering this vast expanse. When I was in, high, in college, uh, we, me and my friends, we'd get really bored late at night, and we started getting ourselves straight and, and serious about Jesus, and so we didn't do all the partying that we used to. And so we would go, and we'd go out in the middle of the woods and just do silly, dumb stuff. And, and there was this place that supposedly had this haunted light that we would go to. It was like an old train. You know, every, every area has one of those. There was a train wreck, and the guys out there... Kids listening, looking for their head, you know, that type of thing. You see this light, you know, so we'd go out there and there was this long trail that was the old railroad bed. And so we decided on Halloween night, we're going to walk down this thing. And there's like 15 of us. There's me and my friend, my roommate were up in the lead and we had a couple of flashlights and there was a bunch of our friends and a lot of them were girls that were along with us and we're walking down this path and it's freezing cold, you know, and it's, it's, it's Halloween night and we're on the, the railroad track, so to speak, and the light can come up at any moment. We're, we're, we're going to get close to this light right and we're walking along and this is eastern north carolina and there was a lot of hunters in the area and so a lot of people would shoot deer and then unfortunately a lot of times they they clean the animal and they take the meat and they throw the carcass into the ditch and so we're walking along everybody's like talking and nervous behind us me and my buddy are up front we got the flashlights and i just happened to be scanning and i catch in the light of the beam of the light there is a fresh deer carcass just bones and blood it was really disgusting and I like nudged him and I like pointed to him nobody's paying attention and he's like oh yeah and so like we both stop and point our flashlights on it and we just go ah! like that <laughs> and everybody turned and saw like this bloody bones and they're like ah! and they like, take off running man it was the greatest thing in the, in the world y'all don't have the same six twisted sense of humor that I have but it was great it was great you wish you'd have been there but I think about that, and I think about this, this, this scene that's there. Now, these weren't bloody bones. These were dry bones. This was a scene that was terrifying, I'm sure. Terrifying. And he says, verse 2, He led me back and forth among them. He's like walking in amongst these bones. All these bodies, they're just scattered. No pieces together. They were all just, I mean, it was a massacre. A massacre, and it had been some long time ago because they were dry. And he says, I saw a great and many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, God asked him a question, son of man, can these bones live? Seems hopeless, right? Seems hopeless. And Ezekiel gives a very wise answer. He says, I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. God, only you know. I don't see any way possible. They're dry. You know, the old Hebrew culture thing was that after death, that the spirit would hang around the body for roughly three days. That was their belief. And that's why it was always interesting. Here's a little sidelight. That's why it was always interesting when Lazarus is, is died. He's died and uh, Jesus goes there and he waited and it was four days after. And so for him to raise Lazarus from the dead was like, Big time miracle. He was not just dead. He was dead, dead, you know, in their mind. And so these bones, I mean, this is a long way past three days. They are dry, dry, dry. And so he's like, God, only you know. And I would say if he's like me, and I don't think Ezekiel was necessarily like me, but I would be like, nope, not really. You know, he said, God, only you know, but I don't see any way. Do you know, God asked him, and he says, you alone know, sovereign Lord. As we sit here today, I, I know that we can feel, if you take your imagination, and you've probably already gone there, you probably feel, maybe you feel like, I feel like dry bones. 
You might feel like there's no hope. You might feel like all hope is lost. And maybe you're not there. And like I said, I'm glad you're not there because we need you. But these past three, four weeks for me were tough. The enemy got in my head and whispered all sorts of things in my ear. And I guarantee you there's other people that fit into that too. You know, people have gone through surgeries and illness and sickness and loss of loved ones. And it starts to feel like, come on! (laughs) Really? Come on, God! I'm dry. I'm dead. I'm dusty. There's no hope left. I don't think that I can live. I feel like a shell. I feel like a carcass. I feel like busted up old dry bones. And as we sit here today, you may not feel that way. But you've been there probably in your life. Or you're going to be there one day in your life. But maybe you sit here today and you feel that way. No matter what, we all come in here with different burdens and different things that are weighing on us. We might feel guilty. Some of us might feel lost. Others might feel lonely, like nobody sees us or hears us or cares. We might sit here smug and prideful. I don't know. We might feel like all these losers. I don't feel dry at all. I'm ready. I don't know what they're thinking. We might feel that way. We might feel smug and prideful. We might feel useless. We might feel like I have nothing to bring to the table. Nobody cares about me. Nobody wants to interact with me. Maybe my own family doesn't even care about me. We feel useless. We might feel unwanted as if nobody could ever love us. We're damaged goods. We're broken. We're a mess. We might feel helpless. And regardless, you could kind of maybe sum it up as hopeless. And the question that God asked Ezekiel rings in our minds if we're really honest. Because we've either been there before, we're there now, or we need to understand we're going to be there one day at this moment of hopelessness. Because I don't know anybody that gets out alive without experiencing something. But we realize that this question rings in our minds true. Can these dry, dead bones live? And Ezekiel's answer is right. God only knows. It says in verse 4, Then he said to me, God says to him, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. And you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I want you to pause here for just a moment. I don't want you to miss the weight and the power of this. Is that God is the only one. He's the sovereign, powerful God. He's the one that Ezekiel said, Oh God, only you know if these bones can live. But what God does is He says, Not... Wake up bones. He tells Ezekiel, you tell him to wake up. You tell him through my power to wake up. You are vitally important. 
You are vitally important. We are vitally important to God's mission happening in this world. I cannot be isolated from my brothers and sisters because I am needed by them and they are needed by me. We need each other. We need each other. You need me. I need you. We need each other. And sometimes we are going to speak the words of God to people. And we are going to be the ones that God uses. Not us, but God uses us to bring life and breath back into dry bones. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. When we share God's word and God's love, we live it out. Lives come and are put back together. Hope is restored. Breath is put back in lungs. And we can live and breathe again. He says, I looked in in verse seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. And this is what I want you to get. This is where my mind goes in this. He says, okay, so I did what God said. I prophesied, come back to life, dead bones, and they start coming back together. I mean, this is the weirdest, you know, weirdest thing. One of my boys loves uh, Minecraft, building stuff. I mean, it's like bodies coming back together. Bones coming piece to piece, all these bones just coming together. And, and, and he sits there, and it comes together. They've got flesh on them. They've got the tendons on them. You know, they've got all this stuff but there's nothing in them. And I want you to realize that it's easy sometimes to get partway there on coming back to life. Everybody, everybody awake? Everybody listening? You don't want to miss this. It's easy to get partway there on coming back to life. It's easy to play the role and it's easy to fake everybody out and look like you've got it all together, but really all you are is just flesh and bone. No spirit. And you and I need to allow God's word to work in us so that the spirit can be in us and that we can be truly alive. So it's not just nothing on the inside. So that we can be truly alive. And so he says, they stood there. There was no breath in them. God is willing to raise you up. He can take your broken body and he can stand you on your feet again. He can lift you up off of rock bottom. He can get you up out of the depths, out of the miry clay. But once he puts your brokenness back together, does it end there? Don't settle for almost. Don't settle for almost whole. Don't settle for almost healed. Don't settle for almost alive. He goes on in verse 9. It says, Then he said to me, God says to him, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it that this is what the sovereign Lord says, Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. Man, that's what I want us to be. That's what I want to be a part of is a vast army. And only when the spirit of God is in us, can we be a vast army? Otherwise, we're just a bunch of bodies that look real, but do nothing. 
We need to be alive, and the only way is through the Spirit of God. And so we are seeking to be humbled, to understand we want to have the Spirit of God in us and do what His Word says so that it can be so. We don't want to just be put back together. We stand there looking alive, but we don't allow the Spirit to really live in us and and thrive. And so we can ride the emotion for a little while. We can get enough of ourselves together to kind of make it for a few more weeks or a few more months, but then it all crumbles and falls apart later. And there's nothing to sustain us. So we fall right back to rock bottom, but this time it's farther. He goes on in verse 11. It says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. And maybe you felt that way. They certainly felt that way. He says, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. God wants us to know that we can be an army if we have his spirit. And we, once who were dead, can now be alive. The scripture is so very crystal clear that if you believe that Jesus is king, that he is the sovereign Lord, that you are willing to leave your life of sin that led you into captivity, say that he is God and he is king, confess him, be baptized into, to, to have your sins forgiven, have the Holy Spirit inside you. You can have that new life. You can stand up and we can be an army. We can be alive. So today, if you find yourself dead and dry, God is able, if you allow him, to put you back together. Because as powerful as God is, he doesn't make us do anything. That is a loving God who won't just force us to be robots he makes us into a living and breathing army when we submit ourselves and humble ourselves to him but you have to submit you have to place your life in his hands today or again for the hundredth time whatever it is do it today and if you find yourself put back together but there's no life in you let him breathe his spirit into you And strengthen it by his word. Here's what it boils down to. Do you want to live? Do you want to live? Or do you just want to be dry bones? I'm sick of being dry bones. I want to live. I want to truly live. And so if we, I don't want to just survive, do y'all? I want to thrive. I want to accomplish things for God's kingdom, for God's glory. I don't want to just breathe and take up space and make plant food one day. I want to take people to heaven with me. And I hope you do too. And so it's up for us to allow God's spirit to be in us through his word, through through following him, through laying our lives down at his feet. We want to have not just the appearance of life, but truly live. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says that in the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, God's word to fellowship, being together, to the breaking of bread and prayer. We need to be about what God's church is supposed to be about if we want to see that kind of life change take place. If we want to be the army, we've got to do army stuff. 
we got to do the army of God stuff. And so I want us to wrap up this last time with a little bit of a special prayer time. And as I said, we're not big on comfort zones here. And this might be a little bit weird for you. But we've got three sections right here, right here, and right here. And in just a moment, when I, when I tell you what I'm going to ask you to do is something weird. We don't do this every week, so don't freak out. But I'm going to ask you to get up in just a moment. And this section, I want you to kind of go over here and kind of oval up or amoeba up or whatever you can do where you can just kind of see each other's face. This section right here, I want you to go up behind you in that open area and do the same thing in just a moment. This section right here, if you can, kind of go over here and do that in there. And I've got a couple of people that are going to help lead you in this last prayer time. But I want you to think about, first we talked about humility, then we talked about understanding, and now we're going to pray for myself and others. A lot of times I think we get that out of order and we pray about what we want and what we need and what we're worried about first. But first we've got to give God the glory and we've got to seek to understand what His will is and then we start praying for all the things that are on our hearts. And so I want you to, in just a moment, as we do that, we're going to get there. And here's why, here's why I'm doing this. I want you to know the method to my madness. It's easy to feel lonely when you come in. And even though you say hello and nod and smile or maybe talk for a while to people here, you stand there and you look at the back of somebody's head for an hour and then you leave feeling just as lonely. So I want us to have an opportunity to just kind of look in each other's eyes for a couple of moments and spend time praying. And I want you to walk out of here knowing that there are people praying for you, not just right here today, but as we leave. And I want to challenge you all to do that, to pray for these, these things we pray about here in just the next few moments. For, uh, for the rest of this week, whenever God brings them to your mind, I want you to pray. You are loved and you are being prayed for, and I want you to leave here with that today. So if we want to be different, we've got to do different things. If we want to be a part of a vibrant church, we have to be a vibrant part of the body of Christ. And if we want to see breakthroughs, we've got to pray for each other. We've got to pray for each other. And if we want to be stronger in our faith, we have to seek the one whom our faith is in.